As mentioned, I guess uh, we had anticipated that uh, the MPC would keep interest rates unchanged. But I'm intrigued to find out your thoughts on some of the nuances that were mentioned by uh, the government governor in terms of uh, concerns around inflation. Yes, I mean, it was um, not a surprise to us that the interest rate was unchanged. But I suppose, to your point, the story is in what the governor was saying. If you really listen to him largely, his biggest hawkish tone came from this anxiety about the forecast risk, what he calls the forecast risk, basically saying that we think inflation is coming down. We've seen it come down and come up again. And even though we think it's coming down, we still think there's a risk that in our forecast we might get the inflation wrong. So that's probably the first thing that just stood out for me. The second thing that really stood out for me, though, that I think is good for the consumers, is that in their forecast, you can see that they're forecasting that transport costs that inflation is going to reduce, and then there's going to be a muted inflation, inflation on food and the, and the core inflation, which is really great for, I think, for the consumers. And that sort of gives us a sense that if that trajectory continues, we should then start seeing a bit of an improvement in terms of our rates in the end of the first half or beginning of the first half. So it seems like quite a while to go before we actually see any uh, change in our interest rates there. But I'm keen to understand, you know, what this contrast actually means for uh, savers and, uh, again, those who happen to be indebted. Yeah, it's it's actually a very interesting thing. And the, the governor always reminds us that not everybody we talk to has got any debt. And this is always something very important. And we start by saying that there are people who can't even take debt. So those people have food, have inflation issue in terms of food. So you want interest rate to help us reduce that inflation for them. Mm -hmm. And then there's people who are probably in their late ages generally have got big savings. And those people benefit from those savings, especially the pensioners and the likes. Mm -hmm. And so those people benefit from the savings. I always say though this, those people, this is the time where you go to your bank, try and see whether you can fix interest or negotiate better sort of structures in your, in your, in your, in your savings. Then we have, of course, the bulk of the South Africans in the middle of the markets and the likes, where actually they've got a lot of uh, debt. And those people, it's really tough for them because uh, Google always tell people that anyone with a bond of 10,000 mm. in 2011 November, today they are paying, if you're paying 10,000 in 2011 November, today you are paying 14,200. So it's quite a big jump at 42%. Yeah. So it's still remaining quite high for them. And so people are struggling. They are actually cash strapped there in many ways. And so that, that, that this reduction that we're talking about in the second half of the year would really help many people just to get a degree of relief. 100%. What I'm keen to also understand, Tabani, I can imagine as a bank you've had the uh, fortunate position of observing uh, consumers' behaviours during this particular time. And I'm keen to understand if there are any nuances, uh, maybe even so during the festive season into January, uh, especially where credit is concerned. Yeah. And so one of the things that probably was well spoken about, and I'm glad I just dug in after the sales to scan, you can see that in, and we saw normally Black Friday is typically a big hype. And this year, you could see that it was slightly muted. It was still good, but it was muted. And we're seeing also in December, people not holidaying as much as we 
typically would see, we could see also that people are not spending as much as they, you know, in luxuries as they would see, even though we've seen an improvement from the COVID days, but you can see that that's, that's, that's not been um, up there. By the way, we see people spending more on takeaways thanks to uh, load shedding. Wow. Uh, people are under load shedding. They're spending more on takeaways. We've seen a 25% increase in that sort of uh, spend in terms of uh, takeaways. So, unfortunately, people are being forced to spend their money on things that we wouldn't spend on because of all the circumstances, but at the same time, they can't spend because they actually cash strapped. So we're seeing a bit of pressure. Lastly, though, you would have seen the National Credit Regulator publishing uh, the report, the quarterly report, and in there we see some of the pressure that consumers are not paying their debts, uh, able to pay their debts, increase bad debts in the system, increase in non-performing loans. So that's quite a, a big issue that is in patch of the interest rate. Definitely. It's certainly one that we're going to be watching and following through uh, uh, very, uh, very tightly, especially uh, as to how it does influence our credit behavior. What I'm also keen to understand, uh, Tabani, you've been in the banking space for, for over two decades. You've, you've witnessed different tides and trends and themes in terms of financial behavior for South Africans. But I'm keen to understand, uh, are we finding that there's a heightened sense of awareness now from us as consumers in terms of... Uh, the macroeconomic factors and how we actually actively need to position ourselves against them and using the tools, services and offerings from institutions like Standard Bank, uh, I guess, to in the right manner to, to advance the progress that we seek financially. Definitely. I was here in 2008. I was in credit again at the time. Wow. And this is now. There's a big difference in what the consumers are doing. So consumers are reaching out to us. They are asking for help upfront. And actually, I think not just the consumers, I also think that in the industry, I'm seeing more banks and more credit providers offering solutions uh, to consumers, which is really great because then that time, the only solution was repossessions and mm. you know, trying to play these people. And more more, I'm seeing there's a much better partnership between consumers and creditors. My only point I'll make, though, is that I still see a lot of people going to their creditors late. Yes. And they're going to their banks late. And I think you need to go early to get help early and find solutions with your credit because otherwise mm-hmm. when it's too late by then you're blacklisted and stuff but I'm definitely seeing a lot more people phoning us and engaging us and asking for help. And is this behavior right across the board including with high income earners? It's definitely there and I, and I would say that we do notice though that we've had to go more for example into media spaces where we talk to a less a lower income populations and encourage them as well mm. because I think that education had not gone as far as to that level but definitely in the middle class and upper class you do see that that behavior is there and we're working hard to just help a lot of the people who are probably earning less than you know the lower incomes population to help them also understand that and know that they can also get help. 100%. Sure. Phenomenal insights you've shared with us, Tabani. I can just imagine uh, some of the other uh, intriguing views that you can share. But we look forward to touching base with you again and uh, heed the call that you've mentioned. Don't avoid your credit provider when things are tough. Answer the call, make an arrangement, and things will get sorted from there. Right? Thank you so much. Absolutely. And we're here to help. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tabani. Truly appreciate your time this evening, sir. If you missed it live, Catch the podcast on kaya959.co.za.